It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Frontline Friday with my very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you? Andy, I'm great. <laughs> That's great. I'm great. Now I'm in my new my new location, new location here in beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, and we get, we need. I mean, don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but you realize you just moved from Boston not that long ago, and now you're you back think, again. I know. I guess there's something magnetic here. I keep finding my way back. You do. It hasn't been intentional. But I keep finding my way back, and I'm super happy to be here. Good. Yeah, I mean, there are way worse places you could be than being in Boston, for sure. It's a little cold right now. I'm not used to spring where I need to wear uh, big, huge parkas, and it's 20 degrees. But I'll, 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 I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm embracing the change. Well, you managed to avoid most of the winter. So, yeah, know, spring's just around the corner. As I That's say right. that, I think- it's, it's going to snow. Two feet probably before, before spring See? comes. Yeah, you know, because right. where are you today? It. Where are you today? I'm in beautiful Manhattan. Okay. See, so you know. You're, you're sharing my weather. Yeah, yeah. We definitely are. All right. So today, we're going to talk about relationships. Mm, great. <laughs> you say with a panic in your Let's voice. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. And we're not going to talk about your relationships. We're gonna, we're, okay. We could, though, if you want to. But we're going to talk about Relationships with buyers. Now, I heard somebody talk just well, within the last couple of weeks, and a sales speaker, and they sort of went on a little bit of a rant about how the buyer doesn't want a relationship with the seller. And, yeah, I guess it depends on your definition of a relationship. I mean, that could be true, but I, but there is a relationship. I mean, you're you're connected with someone. There is a relationship. So I guess if your definition of a relationship means that you're friends with your buyer, then I would agree. They probably don't want that. But I thought it would be really interesting to delve into today. What what does it mean to have a relationship with the buyer? I think that's a funny comment that that the customers don't want relationships with the buyers. Part of it is they are in a relationship with the buyer. Unless they're, unless they're buying it... Um, you know, over the internet and they don't interact with anyone and they're not going to. And it's, but other than that, there is a relationship there, whether you want it or not. It's just what kind of relationship is it? What well, it think- can be a very loose. It, uh, I have relationships with people that I, I, I wouldn't say they're strong, but people I come in contact with, but I think you, you, you you've interacted with somebody to make some sale or some transaction. And yeah, I agree with you. Maybe they don't want to be friends, but I, I, I guess well, I it goes... Well, people get confused. I mean, I think that some people, you say, look, a relationship with a buyer or prospect, is some people immediately go to thinking, well, that means friendship. And I don't think that's what it means. I mean, so a def- dictionary definition of relationship... One of them is, and this is a quote, is 
a relationship is, quote, the way in which two or more concepts, object, or people are connected, or it's the state of being connected. So that's, to me, that's right. really at heart just what a relationship is, is there's, there's a connection. There's at a some connection. Level. That's right. There's a connection. Mm-hmm. And that connection, I said, doesn't have to mean like, like in school when we were kids. Well, I like, I like somebody, you know, I like, I like Vicky. Well, do you like Vicky or do you like, like, like Vicky? Vicky. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it seems like some people sort of feel like it's that when they talk about relationships with buyers, it's like, you know, they have to like me, like me, as opposed to just, we got to be connected. We got to be on the same wavelength or aligned. Well, and- yeah, and think about, Andy, what makes a good relationship. And this is where I think a buyer or prospect does want a relationship with the seller. When I think about a good relationship, I think about trust. I think about transparency. I think about someone I can count on who's dependable. Mm-hmm. Lives up to I their commitments. Lives up to their commitments. Um has integrity. It's, uh, which, which integrity. I enjoy. I enjoy interacting with. So I think about those relationships. I want that. I want. The, I, I. If I'm a prospect and I'm in a buying cycle, I want those things. I want to know that there's trust and integrity and dependability, and I want that. That's that's very important to me. So I think you're right. I think there's some confusion around. The term, and it's not sales to me. Like when people talk about, oh, I like relationship sales. Mm. I think some people do get confused that that means we're buddy buddy. We like being together. We're uh, like they think about the very soft attributes of it. When I think it really is those more core fundamental things that are the ones that build. Uh, that really build value in the relationship and the relationships that are sustained are the ones that are based on some of these fundamentals, trust and integrity and dependability, that sort of thing. And I think the relationship with a, between a buyer and a seller, it's, it's really a performance based relationship. Definitely. And so buyers have a task that they're trying to achieve. You know, they're trying to gather information to, Quickly or quickly gather information to be able to make good decisions about you know buying a buying a product or service, and they need your help to be able to do that. So they have to be able to depend on you. But you have to perform. You have to perform. If you can't perform, then you don't have a relationship with that buyer. Well, and I think in any relationship, there's a give and a take, and. relationships are also based on expectations. There's a certain expectation I have of people that I'm in a relationship with and that they have of me. And it's the same. It's the same in a buyer seller or prospect seller, that there are certain expectations on both sides. Um, And like you said, in this case, it's around performing a certain task or services or delivering something but there are certain expectations that are um, required. Mm-hmm. And if those aren't met, the relationship will likely go sour. Yeah, It's I mean, hard to have a good relationship without those. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the past, I've, I've talked about relationships or sort of comparing it to the relationship 
I had with my golden retriever, who unfortunately, since I wrote the article, uh, has passed away. But, but yeah, a golden retriever named Riley, a lovely, lovely dog. And, and, and I said, yeah, my relationship was that, you know, I'd take him on a walk three times a day. I'd feed him three times a day. I'd get down on the ground and play with him and roughhouse with him a couple times a day. And yeah, I know that there was this, you know, relationship we had, right? And that he 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 loved me. But as soon as I left the door and on a business trip, somebody else came in. They walked him three times a day. They fed him twice a day. They roughed house with him. He was the object of their attention, or they were the object of his attentions and affections. And I think buyers are somewhat the same way. I mean, if you're not getting the job done for them, yeah, they might like you, but it's going to be, yeah, I don't have time for you. And we don't have a relationship. I'll go with the guy that's, that's or the woman that's, that's giving me what I need to get my job done. Yeah, because it's, it's based on, it's based on these certain criteria. This is our relationship is based on, in the case of you and Riley, you throwing the ball and giving treats and giving attention. And when you're not there, then Riley's attention went elsewhere. Yeah. Although Riley never forgot you. <laughs> well, gosh, I hope not, right? But probably forgot me until I showed up at the door and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Um, and I think buyers are probably not too different from that. You know, if, if you're not performing, they, you're just not in mind for them. That's right. I mean, I sort of think about it. A term I sort of come up with over the years is that, and it's a little bit of an oxymoron, and, you know, sort of like jumbo shrimp, is, is that the buyers want to, they should feel a, positive neutrality about you. God, I'd never thought of it th- that way. A positive neutrality. Well, it's not like they don't, it's not like they don't like you. And that, that's okay. That could be on the table. But by the same token is, is they can't not like you because that's, that's fatal. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt your chances if your prospects do like you, but it's not essential they do. I mean, it does hurt. Yeah, it I does hurt if they dislike you because then you're toast. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it's this positive neutrality at a minimum. I remember um, when I was working for Xerox, and then also it was the same when I was working for this reseller for Hewlett Packard that they would move around the enterprise reps every couple of years, give you new customers, new territories, and part of the reason was they wanted the customers to develop relationships with the company, mm-hmm. not the person. Mm-hmm. And if they left the person in too long, sometimes the buyers would get confused and they would go follow Bridget if Bridget went to a competitor or Andy if Andy went to a competitor. And they wanted to change it up enough that they would have that relationship with the company and feel that same sense of loyalty and sort of that performance-based interaction because the company was delivering on its promise. The company was dependable. The company was easy to deal with. The company was reliable. The company had integrity as opposed to the individual. But it just shows you also the power of the relationship and how, whether we want to or not, those opinions are, are being formed about whether this is somebody who I want to engage with 
and if I if if I feel positively neutral or stronger or not so strong, mm-hmm. it's happening. Whether you want it to or not, it's happening. Yeah, when we think about this positive neutra- positive neutrality, it it reminds me of a conversation I had with with a gentleman who's an author, a podcaster named Doug Sandler, who's got a podcast called The Nice Guys business podcast, I believe it's called. He's written a book called Nice Guys Finish First. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really an interesting take, as, as his belief is, based on his experiences, that really the key thing that attracts people to want to do business with you is being nice. And so you think mm-hmm. about that in the context of a relationship. I mean, you can be nice to someone and not necessarily say, yeah, I've got this emotional connection, right? We're just nice, and nice opens doors. And so, yeah, in that way, in that way you're, connect, you're, you're connected at this, I said, fairly neutral level of being nice, but it goes such a long ways. Well, it gets back to, Andy, that people buy from people. And we interact and prefer people that are, we enjoy being around, who are nice, who are don't create friction in our lives. So there's, you know, there, there's definitely that. Yeah. And I think that's really, this whole topic for me, it gets back to this really need. I think we have in this profession sales is to be a bit more nuanced in the way we think about things, you know, the sort of black and white, oh, they don't want a relationship type. Yeah. It's just, nothing's black and white. Right? There's very little that's black and white in what we do. And so I think for people who really want to succeed over the long run, is you have to you have to get some thought about, okay, things like this, a relationship. What what does a relationship mean? Because if if you're misguided in what you think it is, right? If you think that the buyer has to like you, has to like you like you, then you're gonna invest a lot of time and energy in building a relationship that's not important to the buyer. You'll gallop organization who has surveyed salespeople over decades, one of the findings they had that was published, I think it was six, seven years ago, I saw this, is that there's this huge mismatch between the buyer's perception of the value of the relationship and the seller's perception of the value of the relationship with the buyer. Meaning the sellers think it's more important than what the buyer does. Hmm. They have this emotional connection. Hmm. God, isn't that interesting? So it's like, where do we get that idea, right? Where do people that are being trained, new to sales, or people that have been in sales for a little while, where are they getting this notion? You know, are they confused when we say people buy from people they know, like, and trust? Are they being confused by what the word know and like mean? Yeah, but I think it's harder. It's it's easier to train to a technique say these types of things, ask these questions, um, and make sure you do this kind of qualification. I, I think there's some of those things that just in some ways are more technical in nature, but to tell someone be likable and to try to break that down for someone, some of the interpersonal stuff, I found that that's, that's, that can be hard to teach. So, in your mind, what what's the key to that? I mean, how do we? Because this this is really what we're talking about is 
is an interpersonal connection that you're making with someone. Well, I'll tell you that my my first manager at Xerox told me that I was hired into a very technical division at Xerox. And he said when he his hiring philosophy was you if you've got a, a bright enough person, you can teach them just about anything. Technical, not technical, you can teach them. But it's very difficult to teach the interpersonal. That's just a harder one. And I don't disagree with that. I don't think it's impossible, but I do think some of the interpersonal is, I think that's, that's more ingrained and I think that is harder to teach. So I tend to, I tend to hire to a persona or a person that sort of has more of that skill set naturally, and then you can work on it and, you know, we can get better at just about anything. But I think somebody that has just maybe is a little bit further along the way is I, I tend to hire to that as opposed to trying to teach somebody just soup to nuts what it's like to be more personable and kind of that some of those uh, softer skills. Well, and raise an interesting question. Have you ever interviewed anyone you thought, wow, this person, this person's got a lot going on, but they're just kind of a jerk. Of course. <laughs> yes. Do I hire those people? I don't. Right. And, and obviously people do mm-hmm. because there's they're they're out there and they often do very well. And some are yeah, quite successful. And quite successful. So it's just not it, I don't, but that's me. I don't. Does nice go further than in your mind? Does nice go further than being a smart jerk? I think studies would support that nice goes further than being a smart jerk in most instances. What? I think it does too. I mean, I asked the question because I thought that's what you would, you would respond. But given this idea of the connection, the relationship, and, you know, as you said, having these interpersonal skills to form this connection is I think one of the things that people don't think about and need to think a little bit more about with the importance of this is that it's what provides resilience during the buying process of the the customer during your sales process. Invariably something's going to go wrong. Rarely do you have a buying process or a selling process that for a prospect that unfolds smoothly from point A to point B, right? From interest to decision. And I, where I think the real importance of this relationship comes in the bear is when, when things go bad, when things don't go according to plan. And that, having that resilience in the, in the connection is really quite important. Yeah, I, uh, I totally, totally agree that you are going to need that. Um, yeah, you're definitely going to need that. You're going to need that resilience at some point and that connection. And you're right, things don't always go right. And they don't always go well. And so to have some of that um, currency already build up, built up is very important. So can you give an example of one case in your, your past where it's really been important? God, I mean, I, 
one that goes to my mind, I don't know why, it was a long time ago, I was selling for Hewlett Packard or for this reseller for Hewlett Packard. And it was not, Hewlett Packard was having all of these delays with some of their uh, workstations. And this was a really critical, critical components that one of these uh, CIOs needed And they were delayed and delayed Mm. and delayed. And Mm. I remember him just reaming me about like, because it put him in a really compromised position. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that got us through it was that we had enough positive experiences to get over one that was really difficult. You know, there's nothing I could do and he knew it. And I was, you know, I think the thing, Andy, I've had so many of them when things go wrong and it's just to show up. It's just to show up and be there and be, again, this dependable, to be honest, to have integrity in it, transparent, accountable and accountable. And that those qualities are really important when things don't go well. Yeah, I think it's it's a great a great lesson for people listening and thinking, okay, gosh, we run into difficult situations. I see it all the time. There's a tendency on part of salespeople to want to hide. Uh, sometimes it's like, well, have you been in touch with the customer? Well, I, I figured since I didn't have anything new to tell them, right? This is like when something's not going according to plan. This is not only something new to tell them. You know, no news is good news type thing. It's like, no, 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 you, you. You have to stay in touch. You have to be completely transparent. Over-communicate. Over-communicate at that point because they're wondering what's going on. Absolutely. Over-communicate. Over-communicate. But that's, again, when the relationship helps get you through those rough patches that they're more likely to give you the benefit of the doubt and continue as opposed to if they don't have that relationship with you and that's when it can really fall apart. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, well, Bridget, this is the end. We've come to the end We've of this particular the, episode. Until the next time. Until the next time, when hopefully maybe you'll be in warmer climes. I hope so. You never know. Even if I'm still here. Okay. I hope it's just warmer, even if it's here. Well, you, what you need is Hawaii screensaver on your computer or something like that. Ah, uh, that sounds so great. Yes, I do. <laughs> you were there not that long ago. I know. It seems like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, good. Well, until next time, as always, been a pleasure talking to you. Friends who are listening. Oh, yeah. Sorry to talk over you. Friends who are listening, thank you for taking the time off your day to join us. Uh, If you haven't already, make sure you go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to this podcast, Google Play, and subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. We really appreciate it. So until next time, this is Andy Paul and Bridget Gleason. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.